Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist podcast this month, sponsored by our friends Manscaped. Alex, you taking care of your manscaping needs this end of the world 2020? I am. You know, it might be the end of the world, but in the Dandino house, we're all, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all cleaned up. That's for sure. Uh, Griff, do you need a stocking stuffer? Because I can tell you right now, we need to stuff everyone's stockings, not just with these great movies, but with some great product from our friends over at Manscaped. Uh, Like our uh, (laughs) crop preserver ball deodorant. That's, that's, that's pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, the ball toner, which I have yet to. You I, got the high yields. You got a handle. I've yet to use the ball toner. I have no idea what it does. I don't know what it is, but it seems weird. I like toner. I always assume comes with like suntan, and I'm I don't you know my huevos do not go out in the sun, so I'm not sure about that. Oh yeah, just that orange presidential hue on your huevos. <laughs> you got a lot of the good stuff they have body wash uh foot deodorant and then uh the products we got sent the weed whacker which is like a nose and ear hair trimmer and um it works pretty well i've never yes. trimmed my nose hairs before it's unbelievable it's pretty good also it's da- dangerous you are opening yourself to an onslaught of bacteria and disease if you rip your nose hairs out also the lawnmower uh which you use on your uh your own little private dancer, your own tiny On dancer own show, uh, to make them sleek and smooth. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, such a nice piece of equipment. Has a nice light. I never thought I needed a light, really but I'm glad helpful, I have it. Actually. It's waterproof. Love it. It's an unbelievable product because everyone knows uh, in 2020, the real end of the world is an unsatisfied partner. <laughs> you start living in a lockdown and quarantine with someone, you take your britches off for a moment of a moor, and they go, ah! They recoil from you. They recoil. Like Shelley Long in The Shining. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I guess I'm not going to be flopping around like a decked fish in the pool. <laughs> they shockingly overreact, much like the main character of the movie we're watching tonight. But if you don't want that to happen to you, go to manscaped.com, uh, pick out your product. Also, uh, pick out your product, uh, hit uh, film, F-I-L-M, right? Type that in. Uh, with Use that, code 20% film. Off Use code free. film. And you'll get 20% off and free shipping. If you have also uh, something that's not listed, but the Griffey and I found, the underwear is life-changing. The underwear are game-changing, I'm telling you guys. Also, using the code FILM lets them know we sent you guys. Yes. That helps the show out. Very if much. If you better. want your partner to be as sexually happy and satisfied is uh, Jesse. When Kyle McLaughlin's trying to drown her in a waterfall during intercourse, you got to come prepared. You got to come heavy. You don't show up unprepared for a moor. Uh, that's the film, the film alchemist way. So, guys, use code film at checkout 20% off. Uh, you'll get free shipping. <laughs> you can take care of yourself and be uh, goddess smooth. Yes. Ready for your big debut performance. And goddess. Don't have your partner pushing you down the stairs because you didn't take care of yourself. Please. Use code film at checkout so they know we sent you. On to the show. Welcome back 
to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my co-host and just walking Las Vegas dancing I'm so in. excited. I'm so excited. I'm actually Alex Dandino. Yeah. I figured it. I'm so scared. <laughs> Before we get to tonight's stocking stuffer, a little business. Um, Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially if that happens to be Apple Podcast app. That helps us out a ton, guys. Please. It's a free, easy way that takes almost no time for you to help the show out. It means the world to us. Um, just, just a quick five stars, a quick couple cents. Why you like hanging out with us? It helps. It helps. Very simple. And for those of you who've done it, thank you. It really does mean the world to us. Thank you. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. We have some awesome new stuff coming your way over there. So make sure you get over there and subscribe. You can also see the uh, video format of this podcast here. Find us on all the social media you're on. We're there too, and we love connecting with you guys. Uh, it means a lot to us. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. With your ideas on movies you'd like to hear covered, new, old, theme, double feature, guest host. We're trying to really pick it up on guest host this next year. So uh, let us know, guys. We want to hear it. Um, guys, this month, December, we stuff your stockings. All of these came from getting a hold of us via the email or social media. So that's a good way to do that. Uh, tonight's stocking stuffer comes to us. Uh, from a new friend, Keith Williams. I love Keith. Thank you, Keith. I feel like he doesn't love me because he chose Showgirls, <laughs> which I'm not going to lie, is just a fun way to spend two hours and 15 minutes. What the fuck were they thinking? How? Making Showgirls. Two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> we will never understand why um, this movie is this long. It's... It's it's ba it's one of the more baffling things in a movie that's full of baffling things, which actually is why I want to send Keith a thank you because I think this will be a fun talk. Me too. Um, showgirls, where to start? What happens if you just fill a movie with characters that it is impossible to like? Uh, just climbing over each other's corpses to reach, I don't know, pretty mediocre, lukewarm heights. Uh, and you just throw in like baffling, horrible decisions. I, I don't know where to start with this thing. Honestly, to God, I don't know where to start. I'll posit a theory. If you watch, <laughs> if you watch this movie as the sequel mm -hmm. to the end of the Save by the Bell era for, for uh, Elizabeth Bur yeah. Berkeley and assume that it's not Naomi Malone, but in fact, Jesse Spano traversing to Las Vegas. This movie yeah. is actually... Still pretty unwatchable, but nevertheless, still a lot of fun and even more entertaining when you okay. think that, oh my God, that might be Jesse Spano. I'm going to push back in a big way. Um, in my 20s, I was a, a frequenter of adult dancing establishments. I was there for the art, first off. I wasn't there for the crude... The crude meat market. Right, yeah, I was course. there for the art, the dancing, right? You're an artist. Um, but yeah, I've sense. seen a lot of shit in my day, right? I, I, we used to go to this one Star Garden, right? It's a, it Love, is Star a Garden is still one of my right? favorite. I mean, I can't be there now because of COVID, but it is still one of the best bars in town. <laughs> there, COVID could not survive whatever is in the walls and floor no, of Star absolutely Garden. Absolutely not. But that's neither. It is. 
<laughs> I will say, much like, because we've all been at the adult clubs where that thing happens, mm-hmm. that incident happens, uh, things go off the rails. Because one of the favorite things I had watching this movie was my wife decided she'd watch it with me. Uh, <laughs> and boy, was she surprised. So during the $500 lap dance off, my wife just looked at me and she's like, is that what it's like? <laughs> never. No. Literally never, never is that what it's like, right? <laughs> but a lot of strip clubs have those, oh, my God, this is a horror show. I can't take my eyes yes. off. So you saying Showgirls is unwatchable, I'm going to strong disagree. I think Showgirls is unbelievably watchable to Hang the on. point of, like, the. it's like the cursed tape in the ring. We are like, I'm scared and horrified, but I, I cannot stop. I said that and retracted it almost immediately because I posit that this okay. is Jesse Spano's life after she didn't get into Harvard. She broke. She I, dosed herself with caffeine pills and made her way to Vegas. The ultra dark backstory we get for her. I don't know if it's safe by the bell approved. No, it's <laughs> definitely we'll not. Her first client she got arrested with was Belding. <laughs> She's like, oh, God, my life's off oh, the rails. Track, that well, that would track Vegas, with uh, stories I've heard around town anyway. So, hey, you never know. Yeah. So you were telling me a story about the origin of Showgirls. <laughs> you want to walk me through well, this? Oddly, I have like a lot of connections to Showgirls somehow in my life. Uh, this is one of those. <laughs> this That is the least surprising thing I've learned about well, you. This is, I always knew. Well, I this think. is a one of those movies that like my wife and I have caught like she's like like she's one of those things like oh sweet showgirls it's on streaming and she had never seen it like when we started dating she had never seen it and i was wa- we were watching she's like what the fuck is this so it's just always one of those movies it's like entertaining to watch for us but two things one the writer of um the writer of showgirls is a guy named joe esterhaus joe esterhaus is probably most famous for writing this movie and basic instinct joe esterhaus made four million dollars writing this movie but more importantly got a two million dollar advance from the idea he wrote on a napkin in maui hawaii so what was on the napkin big question mark (laughs) i'm guessing joe esterhaus is just great at drawing boobs (laughs) he's like drew boobs on a cocktail napkin and someone's like, I'll give you $2 million for that. Or maybe he had a Texas instrument so he could, like, calculate tips. He spelled boobs upside down and sent that to the studio. Like, I I mean, I'm not surprised, if I'm being honest, that the uh, so, summary of Showgirls could be put on a cocktail napkin. Oh, yeah. I that mean, not if anything, I think, a co- I think a cocktail napkin is I, actually way more space than the plot of Showgirls needs. It needs probably one of those, like, small, like, the really small post-it notes, you know? (laughs) What actually makes me mad about this is you're like, God damn it, why couldn't I have been a screenwriter in the early 90s where you just got $4 million for fucking showgirls? (laughs) Although I have to say, right, they're like, showgirls just, I mean, dump truck loads of breast. Yes. How could this not work? Like, even my wife's like, we'd go to that show in Vegas, goddess. And I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. If you think I would spend any money on a ticket to watch volcano eroticism from 300 feet out, there is no... She's like, we'd go to that. It'd be fun. Never. Bullshit. This is one of those great (laughs) fallacies. This is one of those... Like, I love this movie because the version of Vegas that it is is, like, 
half correct and half like absolute dog shit nonsense. Like the half that's correct is Nomi's life before she starts working at the Stardust, which is Cheetahs, which is a by the way, I've been to that strip club before. I I, I worked in Vegas for about I've three. I've also been there. I've worked in I worked in Vegas for about three months. The Cheetahs there. Um, yeah, it's like I, I was like, oh, hey, I remember going there. It was really weird and much more depressing last time I was there. Um, but way more depressing than. <laughs> but like the version of like Stardust, like they the the closest that they get to shows like that now, I think is um, there's a porny Cirque du Soleil thing in the New York, New York, or it was there erotique, I believe it was called. Um, but actually. Another interesting interesting anecdote is uh, I'm from Cleveland. Joe Esterhaus uh, actually went to my church when I was in uh, high school. Yeah, that tracks with um, me. So Joe Esterhaus, shockingly, this didn't go well for him. Uh, this, no, but Showgirls this, okay, well. so you telling me you went to church with the writer of Showgirls. Actually, I feel like explain Showgirls. It this does. is some repressed fucking Christian guy's take on what he thinks vegas and se- women women's sexuality yes. are which is just two fucking evil forces colliding and burning again the joe esterhouse was like <laughs> the erotic thriller writer from like the late 80s through the early 90s and this was the one that kind of like killed it for him but again yeah it just seems like someone who has no like no concept of what women actually do or are or believe or think it's pretty fascinating to watch to be honest with you and it starts right out the gate like everything about what elizabeth berkeley does in this movie is like everything is a huge deal it's pretty amazing to me like i forgot how she like flips out about yeah. everything everything is like a hair she is yeah well as the lead actress it's probably about it the shakiest ground you could build a movie around <laughs> because she is essentially a walking switchblade pocket knife, yes. right? We see she just is hitchhiking, immediately is going to kill this guy, right, who makes a pass at her. All right, I mean, that's pretty understandable. The guy almost causes a massive traffic accident to kick her yeah. out. Doesn't. They get to Vegas. She wins a slot machine, right? She already has won yeah. something. She's like... Some guy's just... Hey, want to fuck me? And she is ready to just like, this beat is the, the hell out of crazy, him. right? Because she essentially right. Well, she plays she plays this role as um, human tiger whose toe is caught in a trap. Right. That is the performance she's given. Sure. She is the proverbial spinal tap 11 from essentially the first moment we see her again. My wife's commentary is my God, she is mad. Yeah. <laughs> my God, all the time. How Amy viewed this lady. Is she? But this is this is the thing. What is so funny about this movie, right? So imagine coming out to your car after a long shift of sewing together g strings, right? And you see a lady just attacking your car. You ask her for help. She attacks you, pukes, almost gets run over in the road, and it's like, let me buy you food. All right, maybe that's a kindness I can accept, right? Molly right. does that. Next thing you know, hey, where are you from? Casual light talk all over the place man and fucking pushes the french fries and whatever and then the next question that you ask is hey would you like to come live where i sleep what 
And that's what this whole movie is, is just this fucking never-ending. No one... Yeah, no one would willingly choose to be in a room with Elizabeth Berkley. No. No, no, nor should you. No one should make that choice. Like, the series no. of events, though, like, as it occurs, like, the parts of this movie that move the story along in general are so, like... It's so weird. Like, the movie is just weird. And it's not... It's not that it's like, oh, I can't watch this. It's horrible. Like, what it is is just like, you're like, I have to keep going. That's the thing that I think is amazing about Showgirls. Is it's not so bad you have to turn it off. It's that I have to see how far this is going to go. How far is Nomi going to take this? Yeah. How far is this going to run? It's pretty shocking and amazing in a lot of ways. No one makes the right... No one makes the historically logical decision as a human being might ever in this movie i mean maybe this the brilliant thing about showgirls that there's something you would give it a lot of credit for right is this movie knows it is pulling you in for a more surface experience right <laughs> oh you like boobs we got a movie for you boobs on the you napkin like boobs? right that also if you get all the way in we'll show you, you know, we'll yeah. show you vaginas too it'll be great yeah and it's the movie, though, <laughs> it's very rare to watch a movie that is truly surprising. And if nothing else, Showgirl is a constant. Every scene is like it, it, it almost would be like if you actually got like, you know, let's say they killed the fireflies from the devil's re rejects and house of a thousand corpses <laughs> and they turned their house into like one of those museums. And you yes. just got to walk around in every room. You're like. What fucking horrors await me behind this door? And that is how Showgirls plays out. Yeah. Behind every door, you're like, really? That's a scene in this movie? Holy shit. And it's, well, it's like that. It's truly a it's 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 a it's a walk in the pitch black, which almost never this because this is the thing, especially nowadays, we're all pretty trained on screenwriting formulas and saves the cat and, you know, all of these formulas, right? If you told me that this movie ends in karate bedlam against a fucking C-rate lounge, like there's nothing in the first 25 minutes that's going to get you. Like it's it it's its own fucking journey, man. And for that alone, it's hard to turn off. It is. I mean, I think that's the thing. There are two reactions <laughs> in this movie that that are elicited by the viewer, which is the one you were talking about. It's like, what could possibly happen next? And then the reaction to when yeah. the thing that next happens and it's a two second pause and you go, huh? All right. You know, like what's going to happen next after that? Like you get, like you just keep going. It's like this, it's, it's just this constant yeah. shoots and ladders to take you down the rabbit hole of nonsense. That is this movie. And let's be fair. This, this is all shoots. This movie is absolutely 100% shoots. <laughs> well, hang like on. No, no, no. You have to have ladders. <laughs> you have to have ladders in there so that people can take the ladders down, which is the least logical way when you have a shoot right next to you, which is how the function of Showgirls, which is what the function of Showgirls is. I was going to say, I guess the 15 cheeseburgers, every time she bites into one of those, that's like the only like step ladder. And the rest is just pure misery and By human the way, carnage. I've never seen, I've never, like, I don't know what it is about Elizabeth Berkeley in this movie, but 
she eats cheeseburgers like she is punishing them for disappointing her. Like every time she bites into well, food. No, that's yeah. No, that's what I said is that she's the Black Phillip of this movie. She just exists in places and everything goes horribly wrong. Even if you're a cheeseburger, you're going to get fucking like that cheeseburger somewhere. That cow is in hell looking up going, dear God, take it easy. (laughs) She she even eats like a human id. It's unbelievable. (laughs) She really no one. If nothing else, let's just get this out of the way up front. Right. Do you think Elizabeth Berkeley is bad in this movie? Oh God, yes. You know, you know what I'm gonna say though. I think she fucking went Fuck for it you. in a big bad no, way. No, don't even say it. No, no, listen to li- a. Oh, shut up! Listen, shut up and listen. She holds the eye, and I would say, without a screenwriter and directing director helping you, right? Uh, Verhoeven and Esther House are essentially. <laughs> Kathy Bates hobbling her performance <laughs> and it's still pretty fucking good to watch. I don't I think she committed fully. I will give you that she committed. Do you think she's more do you think she's more responsible for what happened on screen? This is the Hayden Christensen article that everyone's writing now. Is that he was actually <laughs> yes. pretty good in Star Wars. Fuck you, no he wasn't. No, he he wasn't. wasn't real bad. Was George Lucas also real bad at writing and directing? Yes. But Hayden Christensen did his fair share of poor, 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 poor acting. Right? Is Elizabeth Berkley in this? Could a better director with a script that was maybe a little more streamlined? Hang on. Let's let's be real. With a script that was written not on cocktail napkins. Why don't we go with that? It wasn't tits on a napkin. That (laughs) was... A script that wasn't just boobs, question mark? Let me also say this, though. Before I make fun of the script, uh, just some unbelievable one-liners in this movie. Oh, yes. This movie's unbelievable. got... <laughs> it's so... The, the amount of time me and my wife spent just rolling our heads back into, like, uproarious laughter. Yes. I didn't laugh this hard watching Borat 2. No, like, you know, not at all. Like, this movie... This movie has a lot of like dark delight. It is like Black Phillip. Do you want to live deliciously? Yes, it will burn down your family and life, and you have yes. to dance naked in the woods. But hey, sometimes that's fun. I don't know. I saw it. It's entertaining. Do you think Elizabeth Berkeley is? Could she have given a good performance in this? No. Is it more her fault or more everything else's fault? I mean, it's a two-hander. Like, there's the director who should sit there and be like. <laughs> There's Paul Verhoeven who should sit there and be like, hey, Elizabeth, that was not good. Can you try it again? And then there's a, you know. <laughs> can you do less flopping? Can you? You um, know, the hey, one thing I wanted to know most about her prep is I think she had like a coach or some training, right? She did. Where she did a they lot said, of work. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is I think she had a coach and that coach had one move, which is the cheese grater. Where you're going to take that dip, dick and just fucking shred it with hip pumping gyration. Because it looks so <laughs> painful. That's what Amy said. It's like, yeah, Amy's like, she really has that one aggressive move down. <laughs> it, hurt. it looks like, painful. That, 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 I mean, that grinder snapper move is the go-to move every single time. So how many hours did she practice that move? And 
I, it's almost this tragic, like Dante's Inferno tale to me. Like she's trapped in like that the fucking tenth circle of hell is just showgirls, <laughs> like showgirls production. <laughs> like you're just constantly in production on showgirls, and it's just her sitting there in her trailer, like oh yeah, oh oh, doing that fucking grinder move and being like, oh this is gonna work. Oh uh, uh, here I come, Meryl Streep, uh, 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 uh. and it's <laughs> it's insanity. It is. It's insanity. To again, me. it's a two hander. It's okay. Like let, let's let's take let's take a couple. Of, like actually, I'll, I'll do I'll do. We won't get to the the pool thing yet. Uh, this is the scene. I'll say like here's where I would have been like, <laughs> hey, do that again, but less shitty. Which is um, after she flips out at Gina Gershon for the first time because they call her a, a whore because she works at Cheetahs. A whore, yeah. Um, Molly takes her out dancing. So she goes to this dance club. She's in the middle of the floor dancing like one of those people that you're like, I got to stay away from this person. She is dangerous. And like, like she's that person in the club. You know, it's funny. What you just said is the exact opposite of my life experience. I would have seen her and been like, oh man, this is a burn it all down type. Yes. Well, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> That's not what I said at all, because I agree. That's, that is that's kind what, of the difference between me and you, though. <laughs> no, no. You said, been like, that's the, we got to get the no, fuck no, out of here. That's the burn it down type. Now, me, spectator me, who, go, like, literally the four times in my life I found myself in a nightclub of some kind, the spectator me is watching that person be like, watch that lady's going to hit that guy in the head. And now, and she fucking decks some guy because she's flailing like an idiot. And, like, me in the background going, like, laughing hysterically. Now, if you're making a movie about this person and you, like, like crane over to her while she's flailing just prodigiously towards other people, that's when I'd, like, if I was Paul Verhoeven, I'd, like, cut, Elizabeth, you look like a psychopath. Can you dance normal or is this just, like, what you're going to do? So, like, it's both. <laughs> well, that you forgot. You Shh. forgot the best part about that scene is that it starts with, uh, so he, she is approached by the bouncer who's on the clock, Yes. by the way. Yes. And, uh, uh by the way, after I say this, I'm going to do a detour on the bouncer real quick. So he oh, approaches no, her and she just says, him. are you good at dancing? And he goes, yeah. And they both proceed to dance. And you're like, this is the worst dance move since people Save the last dance that Julia yes. Stiles movie, which is just the absolute most. So many white people should have seen that and said, no. Yeah. We can't have Julia Stiles dancing like this in a movie. Yeah, those so bad. two. No, this no. is even worse, and then They're it terrible. leads to bedlam. It does, and it ends up in like a huge fight. They get kicked out. Like they get arrested. She gets arrested. Yeah, it's yeah, it's insanity. But yeah, she I just mean, struts out with a, a ring pop and goes on her merry lives way. Her life. <laughs> That's how Black Phillip rolls. She, I burned down your fucking shanty in the woods and I'm out. She fucking <laughs> goes to the dance. You know, she goes to the she goes to Caesars, grabs a Versailles and uh, heads out. You know, Le OK, Le this is the hard thing about talking about a movie like this is it is such sensory overload of things I want to get on record that confuse me. <laughs> let's, all right. I mean, we, let's do it. Let's do a quick talk about the bouncer, because this is where I say I think that. Esther House and Verhoeven are more responsible than Elizabeth Berkeley, right? Okay. Because this movie – let me ask you a question before I start. Is there a character in this movie that you want to end better than they started? Molly. Maybe Molly. Molly. 
She's the only good person She's in the, the entire movie. She's the only normal human being in the movie, right? She's the Everyone only person who's doing good like, things repeatedly. And not even that good, just like kind of living. Yeah, she's, like she's no, okay. She's doing things that are kind, which is more than I can say than anyone else in the movie. Yeah, she told her friend not to do the boat show. That's a good deed, right? She kind of stands up to her when she tries to murder an older lady yep. and then forgets about it one scene later. Uh, but anyways, this is, I got a big beef with that moment. But anyway, so let's talk about the bouncer. Right? This is one of those, this character existing in the movie is an absolute litmus test, right? This is the Petri dish full of bacteria that should have let someone know this body done been infected. It's it's all wrong. So this guy gets fired from two jobs, chasing down this horrible human being who should not be that alluring right that is like the maybe this is fun for a minute but he should know better right gets her back to her place a baffling display of let's kind of make out tit squeeze and then like check for yourself bloodied insanity more fight so like everything about this is crazy but let's get a little further into his journey right within an hour he's fucking her co-worker from the cheetah she comes in. He opens the door still naked from fucking her coworker, and has the indignation to say, what about? Because she's like, I am so excited. I work at the start. It's like, what about the dance number I wrote for you? And it's like, oh, you mean the fucking gyration and nipple pinch? Is that a dancer? The indignation to then see her coming over. He comes back and Amy almost fucking threw a, a shoe at the TV, right? Because he comes back after her first successful day. She's carrying flowers. Things seem to be on a good path for her. He goes, excuse me. Claps at her. And Amy's like, did he just fucking clap at her? Right? (laughs) (laughs) His exact line, which is one of these moments in the movie you're like, god damn. Is he goes, I got a pussy problem. I've always had a pussy problem. I'm always Always going to have a pussy problem. problem. Yeah, let's tie our ships together this will work and it is crazy the next time we see him, he's getting booed off the stage making fun of this girl calling her names ordering her to get him a beer we find out they're engaged because he's about to have a baby so apparently he also has a condom problem a condom problem as well as a fucking pussy problem right so now he even says i'm gonna work at a grocery store what do you want life sucks i was educated by t-shirts and it made me so sad I wanted to cry and turn the movie up. Because what is the point of this man in the movie except for to show us another miserable person's lot in life? What value does he add in this movie? What does he reflect about uh, our our show girl? What is he like? Is he supposed to represent the true artiste? I don't know. That's one I of those things I'm like, that alone should let you know that the people at the top had no rudder. And Elizabeth Berkeley is literally fucking flopping like a fish through this entire movie, rudderless. I, I honestly couldn't like they I could not tell you the purpose of the character. Other than to just say, Boy, Vegas, tough town, huh? Especially if you're trying to be an artiste. And then you're like, Why are you in Vegas, you dipshit, if you're a dancer of some kind? Who <laughs> It's it's so rare, but this I mean, it's one of those we've only covered maybe one or two movies in our entire two hundred and fifty some shows now, probably. 
we're almost to a to a, a fault. Every single character is so fucking unlikable. Yeah. And you so do not wish success on any Okay, like here's another thing. Her coworker, uh the showgirl who has two children. You're like, "All mm-hmm. right, that's a struggle. That's a that's a real human thing, right?" Right. Um she is doing this life. She has her children backstage where it's not very acceptable, right? Like that doesn't seem like a good place to raise kids. Maybe she'll like move on up and, you know, be able to take care of her kids. That's great. Next thing we know, she's a co-conspirator to fucking bones breaking everywhere. Right? Like she's she becomes a horrible fucking evil villain. And it's every character they give you one thing. They meet like even Molly, right? Molly's moment of I know you pushed her. Get the fuck off me. Last but 30 minutes and then she arrives at the house party. Every character in this movie does a despicable act. There is not one person to like or root for in this whole movie. Molly is the closest, but I would say just overlooking the fact that she's enabled this fucking psychopath. Yeah. I would say a bit of a red flag as well. Molly followed by my favorite character in the movie, uh, Henrietta Bazoom. The, uh, Henrietta Bazoom. What a name. She was, she's a delight. I had to look it up actually to know what that character's name was. You know what? That's true. I do like her because she is so cynical and jaded. Even when she makes fun of Nomi for like, oh, the Stardust, you'll be back. It's still just authentically cynical and jaded that it works. I do like Henrietta Bazoom a lot. Her and Molly are like my two small life rafts. Like, okay, here's a scene in this movie that fucking blew my mind, right? So she's at the Stardust, and they say your mom's outside, right? It's Henrietta Bazoom. And you're like, oh, right. that's cool. She came to see her friend. Maybe it'll matter. Maybe they'll have a mo- No, it's just like a one-off for no fucking reason. She brings out the piece of shit fucking strip club Biggest owner, right? This horrible shit. douche of a man. Horrible. And I was like, is this a moment of, like, he sees her talent and they... I was like, is this an emotional reconciliation scene? And then as soon as you start to think, like, wow, maybe in this horrible town, she's done so well for herself. Now she's in the volcano erotica show, right? She's moved on up. This is all good. He turns around and says the line, it must be weird not having people come all over you. (laughs) What? That's a line. That's a line in a screenplay that exists in a scene that should only exist to show the cynical, downtrodden uh, strip club former coworkers saying, "We're proud of you." To give her some fucking emotional fortitude, right? Like, I feel like I would be so mad at this movie if I was a sex worker. I feel like it would. Be such a fucking infuriating movie to watch. Well, like, but that scene existing period is fucking insanity. <laughs> I mean, it's one of many illogical moves in this movie that just like again. There's this is the crazy thing about Showgirls, and this is this might be the one redeeming quality about the way the story is told is like there's nothing about the way the movie unfolds that actually derails anything because it's derailed from the very beginning. So like, you're just like watching, like it's the closest thing I can say is like actually watching a full blown, like train accident. 
because like you're already watching <laughs> like there's no reason not to and it started that way so now you have to just like see how it ends and see who survives at the I, end it's amazing i think it's a little different i think i think we all actually on a subconscious level are a bit ashamed of ourselves for how much we're enjoying it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I think we're watching. We're like, I don't believe in, I don't believe in guilty pleasure movies, but this is off the definitely a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Through well, no, through. It's the same. Like there's this thing you hear all the time, right? Like you see, like you all, we all have that one friend, right? Where you're like, God, that guy fucking sucks. But like, that's also the guy that's going to do the the thing, right? That everyone will talk about. And you're like, God, that guy's fucking maniac, right? And you always sit there and you're like, man, if only I was as free as that guy. And you're like, no, I don't want to be as free as that guy. That guy's life is horrible. You see him for like four hours at a bar and you get to go back to your good life. He is lost in a fucking cesspool of misery trying to be that guy again a couple times a week at the bar, right? Right. A lot. Well, I'm just saying that from maybe some experience in my 20s. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing that that's what this movie is. It's your completely uninhibited friend that you can't take home. You can't take around like your coworkers, but you're like, yeah, I just, I need to fucking like howl at the moon tonight. You know what I mean? I'll call showgirls up. And it's, it reminded me of this movie. It reminded me of a really funny thing. I remember, um, Roger Ebert. I think he wrote in his uh, piece when he was reviewing last house on the left and he hated that fucking movie. And he's like, uh, Ingmar Bergman's The Virgin Spring is actual art. And he's like, The Last House on the Left is just a, a fucking snuff film, right? And I was like, in a weird way, I was watching this movie and I was like, you know, Showgirls is kind of the snuffy film version of Black Swan. It's kind yeah. of the same exact story, right? Um, the difference is, is that in no time in any way did they show me that Nomi really seems to have a true love of dancing is an art form, right? Um, we never see her practicing dancing or montaging unless she's at work, right? Yeah. So we don't see like Natalie Portman's character in that movie is constantly like working. She's been very workmanlike. She's been overpassed a lot. This is her time to try to shine, right? Uh, the, both the movies play this weird game of sexual chess. Yep. I would say this game, I don't know if it's sexual chess as much as like a sexual monster car rally. I would well, actually say it's more I would say it's more sexual twister but like they're only using like they're not using <laughs> but any the colors, movie like, twister with an actual tornado I wish <laughs> just tie yourself to the fucking water that pipe. would require more plot it's but that's what I mean it, it is kind of it's funny because you watch the two movies right and I I would say they're probably an awesome double feature to watch back to back because it really shows you the ebb and flow of how movies get made to me. Yes. <laughs> I I was thinking I couldn't stop thinking about Black Swan the whole time I was watching Showgirls. I always think is, about Black Swan when I is. see it. Like anytime they're like rehearsing and shit like that, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. Like I think about like I think about the craft and like what it took for like Natalie Portman and Mila Kunis to get there. Like Natalie Portman's down to like 85 pounds. She's starving herself. And then you watch showgirls smashing her toes, smashing her toes and shit. And then you watch showgirls and she literally walks out and like, what do you have? You've eaten today. What would it be? Burger fries and a soda. Cool. 
uh, vegetables, brown rice, and an Evian for this bitch. Like, that's like, that to me, that moment in the movie, like, that encapsulates the entire movie experience of Showgirls. Is like, we're all know me at that moment. We're asking, like, oh, give me the burger and fries. Like, no, 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 no. You're going to have this gross, boring shit instead. And you have to just sort of, like, pretend it's good. Like, that to me is well, the that, thing that. No. That's. A, <laughs> That's the thing to me that makes Showgirls so much fun is that I sit there I think and I a, just like you have to marvel at it. I think according to your analogy, you just said Showgirls is brown rice and veggies, which would make it the nutritional choice. <laughs> but what it Yeah, so you're right. Like Natalie Portman goes through a journey of craft, obsession, love. Uh Numi or Nomi, whatever the fuck her name is, she learns the routine. In an hour, yeah, and it hits the stage. I'm like, that's not art. No, it's not. I mean, to me, <laughs> that's not important to me. That this is the two difference, right? No, think think about these two: Natalie Portman spinning, spinning, toe breaking, crying mm-hmm. as Toma or whatever his name is is like, you're not good enough. And then cut to Jesse Spano, thrust it, thrust it, thrust it. That's the two. <laughs> Dude, that the the montage of her like learning the routine is fucking that bit too is just thrust it like her getting yelled at for not. I'm like this that that's the thing like this movie does stuff like that and this is the it's just it's it's that level it's that level of like this is how we're gonna show that like at no point. And it's like the movie doesn't begin with Nomi being like, I want to, I'm going to Vegas. I want to be a dancer. It just begins with her going to Vegas. Like there's no, no, actual... she does say she's going to dance when she's in the car. Oh my the God. Are you serious? Car. Wow. I can't fucking believe that. I yeah. just, I've, I well, no, cause he even, time, I think he I've says never noticed like that. A... Yeah. Cause he's like, what are you going to be a, like a titty VIP dance? Like, no, I'm a dancer. Dan-. And it's like, what? I've literally, I can tell you right now, I've watched this movie at least 20 times throughout my life, and I can tell you, I've never noticed that. That is, what? That is a startling revelation. That is way too many. What? Shit's on TV all the time. Why not? What else I gotta watch? When I was a kid, we used to have, like, someone's dad would rent it, and it's like, we've got showgirls, and so we'd, like, watch Gina Gershon scenes over and over again for, like, a sleepover. (laughs) That was about it. We weren't watching like the narrative fucking Odyssey. <laughs> Again, it's one of those movies that shows up on TV, and I'm like, it's interesting. Like this month of stocking stuffers is a lot of movies that have just like been on television, and I've watched repeatedly just because they're on TV. Yeah, but that is what makes that uh, is what that is what makes Showgirls mildly digestible. Is you're just like you have to watch. The whole thing come crashing down the entire time. It's pretty fascinating. No, this movie is the burger and fries from the restaurant that has like a D from the health department. You're like, yeah. I'll risk that. Yeah, because it's good. No, uh, let's talk about Kyle McLaughlin doing his best uh, Toby Maguire in Spider Man Three impression. Yeah, can uh, we just talk really about a Kyle dark McLaughlin Peter Parker? Vibe? <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin in this yeah, movie. For, sure. for I texted you while I was watching it today. I was like, how did they get him to do this? Like what was the number that got him in the uh, got his ass in? The, there are a lot the, of TV actors that thought they were they were moving on up with this movie. 
I actually sure. read that apparently Dylan McDermott was supposed to do this movie and turned it down. I'm like, Kyle McLaughlin picked this up after Dylan McDermott was like, sorry, below me. <laughs> below me, literally. Uh, Ooh, nice. His 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 descent into symbiote Peter Parker. Yeah. Hey, by the I end, mean, the la like the second to last scene he's in, he's wearing eye makeup, right? It definitely looks that way. I think so. I kept getting confused because Amy's like, does uh, Elizabeth Berkeley have two different colored eyes? She does. does she she does. Different yeah. colored eyes. I just noticed that watching. Yeah, this I was like, round. why do you keep? Why do you keep talking about that? And then it was like all I could focus on after a while. But no, Kyle McLaughlin just goes full fucking Fallout Boy by the end of the movie. Yes, he's. But it is he also. He's also thing, though, a party his, to his role is. Well, no, because the thing that is baffling about his arc in the film is essentially, I guess you would say it's that he is the new high-powered executive who is underfoot of a star who likes to play games. So he picks a new star to create to destroy the old star to free himself? Unleashing the horrible person he's always been? Is that what happens to him in this movie? I mean, that's certainly more uh, <laughs> thought process than I've ever put into Kyle McLaughlin's character. My assumption was he's just trying to get from one haircut to the next. I <laughs> have never, I've never put much, I've never put much time into thinking about Kyle McLaughlin other than knowing like Kyle McLaughlin is a party to two of the most like shocking sexual scenes in this movie, uh, which is. Um, when Nomi dry humps him to fruition and then the weirdest, yeah. most like one of the more dangerous things I see, we've seen, we see in the movie, uh, them having sex in the, in the pool. I'm my wife and I watched the movie. Like I was watching with Andrea and she was like, I don't, I don't know how, who has sex like this. And I'm like, I don't know. Not me. I mean, Paul Verhoeven exclusively. <laughs> okay. By the way, I it's have the to only position this. Paul Verhoeven can. Do you think to. it's possible that Paul Verhoeven and Joe Esterhaus, based on the people having sex in this movie, might never have actually had sex? Because I got to tell you, the amount of writhing and gymnastics you have to go through to be able to do the things that she does for some odd reason seem almost impossible. Well. I, I think maybe Joe Esterhaus was sitting in the pews with you just being like, oh, God, I had missionary again three months ago, and that was good enough for me. Look at these <laughs> newfangled, liberated people. And he's like, this is – that's like the most wild thing he could come up with was this fucking orgiastic dolphin routine. It like there is so a moment in that because it is – my wife was just like almost mad watching it, right? And she's like, is this what you guys think about? Does this work for you? I was like, stop pointing it at me. I was told to watch this by Keith. It's Keith's fault. Like, stop yelling at me about yeah. this. Like, no, I don't want to, like, drown you in a dolphin fountain. Or, yeah. like, the part where she just goes down on him, and it's like, so she just has a mouth of, like, unshowered dick and chlorine. <laughs> like, what? Like, it's a, it is a baffling series of not turn-ons, right? Yeah. Like, ugh. But there is a moment that is absolute gold. Because I would argue this is one of the top ten greatest sex scenes in movie history. 
There is a moment that is unfucking believable as a comedy beat, which is so they start fucking and she's kind of uh, 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 she's using him as like that exercise machine that everyone's aunt had in the like early nineties, late eighties, right? It was yeah. like a handlebar and foot bars, and you pushed it and pumped your hips forward, right? It was like a fucking galloping machine, but it just looked like your aunt was air humping, right, in the living room. <laughs> and you're like, oh, gross. And someone at Thanksgiving's like, you sit on that thing. You're like, no way. I've seen her ride that. I'm not sitting on that fucking contraption. Gross. <laughs> so she starts doing that move, right? And that's kind of her sex move again, the cheese grater. Well, there's a moment when she goes full linda blair right the scene in exorcist where linda blair got her back snapped and she's just whipping back and forth that's what elizabeth berkeley's doing while almost drowning in the fountain yes and there's a cutaway shot to kyle mclaughlin (laughs) he looks like he's like one of the guys as kong is escaping just desperately trying to hold the chains because he is just wrapped around her just like dear god like holding on for dear life in his mind, he's probably, like, developing a little tear, imagining his time on Twin Peaks. He's like, oh, that when I had dialogue and ate coffee and pie, and now I'm just fucking holding on for dear life while this woman drowns herself on my pool. I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's un- But just wa- go back and just watch his face because it does not look like the man who is in orgiastic release. It looks like he is holding on for dear life. <laughs> I do like to imagine a world in which this is the, like, that's actually the scene where Kyle MacLachlan was filming and there's a moment and we might maybe have caught it on film where he goes, I don't think I should be in this movie. Like, I like to imagine that's the moment where he's like, huh, there's a chance I made a mistake here. Yeah. Well, it's like, maybe it's the part when he's like, don't call the cops on the rapers. <laughs> He's like, dude, that's a tough character. By the way, like for for a movie of like just bizarre, bizarre sexual encounters, weird dancing, a lot of pelvic thrusts, like to throw in a huge gangbang rape assault at the end of the movie. Like, man. And not only that, like, it's also horrible. Like, I think it might be one of the most like brutal things I've ever seen on in movies. But it's so just like it comes out of left field. It's never like there's never like something. No, yeah. no one ever says like, oh, that um, what's that guy's name? Like, and, I think Andrew Carver. And it was like, yeah. oh, Andrew Carver's a creep. Stay Be away careful from him. Like, around Andrew. Yeah. Never he brought up. He literally just brings her back right before. Yeah. It's well, so there is like weird. a sense of like, <laughs> well, because my wife was like, why is he just. Why is she just sending her with that guy? Like, he just made a pass. I'm like, yeah, that's a good fucking point. But there is, and I think the thing that is the most brutal about that, because there's never a moment in any film that has sexual assault, right? Where it's like, that's an enjoyable scene, right? It's horrible. Like, we were talking about, we we were, what was that movie? Uh, The Nightingale, right? That has, like, fucking 18 rapes in it. You're just like, Jesus Christ. Like, it is so fucking soul-crushing to watch that movie. You're just like, God damn, like, it hurts me to watch this film. Like, you're like, I just want to get away from it. But at least that movie takes it seriously, uh, looks at it, examines it, you know, shows the ramifications of it. I think when a movie like Showgirls saunters up to the line of, hey, with 25 minutes left, let's shoehorn in a sexual assault so that Nomi can have something to do besides Volcano and 
fucking motorcycle gang erotica. You're like, yeah. this movie has not laid the groundwork to gain my trust that this is an artistic decision they should make. Yeah. Uh, when they cut back to it, it's horrible. Like, they just let her walk out into the party and fall down. It's, it is, in a weird way, though, there is something about the movie that is showing this wildly exploitative and out-of-control environment. And it is probably one of the only times in the movie you're like, God damn, like, there are horrible consequences to these kind of things. And it just, it's a scene I was like, this movie did not earn, in my opinion, that moment. There's no artistic merit in that, and it should not have happened. I mean, I wouldn't even say there's a, there's there's a thing we talk about where, like, the earning of doing something like that comes up. I wouldn't even go as far as saying, I wouldn't even use those words. Like, literally, it just happens, and you're like, what? Yeah. Why? Well, like, it's everything else in the movie like, is just unsubstantiated poppycock. It also happens to arguably, like, if it was going to happen to anybody, and they choose to have it happen to, like, arguably the only decent person in the movie, it's yeah. so but, odd. Yeah. There's it, no character where you're like, yeah, that, that's okay. They just... It, this is the thing. If you're going to make a movie about serious subject matter like that, yeah, you got to show that you're coming legit. You got, you've got to handle that with the proper well, care to me. It it's needs just to narratively such a huge, matter. It's just such a big thing to put on the scoreboard. And then like, it's a big thing to put on the scoreboard yeah. with 20 minutes left in the movie. So Nomi goes around and like does her like vigilante thing. And then makes oh. out with Gina Gershon and then has one of the weirdest like re meet cutes with the guy from the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Well, cause not only, so she, she re meets the I'm guy. Sorry. I jumped. No, she re meets the guy with the L let's just jump here. Cause I don't want to talk about that anymore. That scene. Uh, let's just get to this point. She re meets this guy, right? She's hitchhiking happens to find the exact guy in the exact truck who just remembers her, right? It is the thing that I forgot is this movie takes place over almost a year. Yes. This is like a year later. This guy just happens upon her again and they pick up their fucking tedious conversation for the start of the movie. This is the part I was like, the fucking audacity of this movie. The audacity, sir. <laughs> Which is the, the audacity of this movie. She gets in the car and he goes, did you gamble? Yeah. Did you win? Yeah. What'd you win? Me. What? I was like, what kind of fucking booby prize game show logic is that? Good Lord. You won you? What we know by the end of the movie is that she almost killed a lady so that she could dance in the volcano erotica show. They've got her friend in a horrifying near-death experience by not telling her, hey, this guy sucks and is a creep. Don't hang out with him. Uh, Then she starts almost murdering that guy. Then this is the thing. in In a movie full of baffling scenes, perhaps the strangest, is when Kyle McLaughlin un-fucking-loads on her with her backstory that her dad murder-suicided her mother, right? Like, killed her mother and then killed himself. And that Nomi, 
has been wandering uh, America using crack, soliciting herself as a prostitute who charged $50. So the whole movie fighting this, I'm not a prostitute. It's like you were a prostitute. And the movie uses it as this cudgel against her, right? In yeah. a movie that should make us – this is the difference between this movie and something like Hustlers too. I read a lot of people watching Hustlers, and they're like, Hustlers sucks because it's – if that was a movie about men drugging women and stealing their money, it wouldn't work. It's like, stop that straw man bullshit. Right. That movie humanizes sex workers, right? And it humanizes their struggle, and yes, they become greedy and become criminals, and the movie treats them as criminals at that point, right? But it, it at least tries to humanize and make empathetic the sex worker at the start. This movie constantly is cudgeling the sex worker, right? <laughs> They're constantly shitting on her for working at Cheetahs. I'm like, well, Jesus Christ, like, we see the people of Cheetahs. Maybe show them as human beings. We're making fun of... All these people in the fucking uh, eruption show that it's just this sexual game of, you know, fucking evil Spider-Man and you can fucking get the lead role. It is it's baffling to me. But then to actually go out and just say she was a criminal whore the whole time (laughs) just feels like the absolute most. I don't understand what the fuck this movie should have been moment ever, ever. It's, it's crazy to me to just unload that is see we told you she sucked. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, it is a really weird thing that we're supposed to like be like, oh yeah, she should get revenge on all those. Oh, she's terrible. Never mind. Maybe like the uh, fact that this movie doesn't end with her just Kyle McLaughlin is using it. Pretty on shocking. Her. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think she's terrible because her dad fucking traumatized and ruined her life, and she had to. No. Be a sex worker to survive. No, I, I don't think, think that's horrible. My argument is that the movie shows her being a horrible person ad nauseum, right? Yeah. Like if that had come out at the start of the movie, right? This is one of those classic why I don't blame Elizabeth Berkeley. If that moment happens early in the script, right? She's having her freak out. Molly takes her in for some fucking inexplicable reason. And instead of just being a fucking hills and valleys, right? I'm laughing like I'm in the fucking Joker movie. Or I'm fucking raging like a human pocket knife, right? If she had sat there and she's like, what's your fucking problem? Like, I have a job. Why did you yell at Gina Gershon? That's my boss. Like, why'd you do that? And she, instead of just screaming, it's like, fuck, I'm sorry, fuck. She's like Kenny Powers, right? I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to Shabooms. That's Elizabeth Berkley in this movie. She's Kenny yes. Powers. She's Kenny Powers. In, in that moment, she had said, hey, you know what? People calling me a whore hurts, man. When my family was decimated. I had to do what I had to do to survive. And they made it a heartfelt moment. Yeah. We all understand. See, there's never that. any we absolutely she never has any that. pathos at all. No, the filmmakers have no empathy for this character's journey at all. No. <laughs> they do see her and her fucking dick crushing pussy as the enemy. I mean again, It's true. Watch the movie. Oh no, I don't disagree with you. It's just it's the weirdest way to characterize someone is like, oh, she's the hero of this story. Like, she's this put upon person. I'm like, she like pushed a woman down the stairs so she could have her part in a show. Like, yeah. she's fine. Like, she, clearly she's taking yeah. care of herself. I don't understand what the problem is. She's clearly and a monster. Also, she got. Yeah. Also, if you're trying to keep no a remorse. low profile, no fucking remorse. 
Also, if you're trying to keep a low profile, becoming the star of a Vegas show is not the way to do it. I thought about that today. I was like, <laughs> this woman's life makes no sense. She's like running from Johnny Law. She's literally hitchhiking. And then she becomes like the star of a Vegas show. And no red You know flags. what? In a weird way, though. No, in a weird way, though, that kind of worked for me. There is a weird sense of this movie because they kept saying that uh, Crystal, Gina Gershon's character, was a star. Right. And I was like, first off, fuck you. I was like, no one who is in the Volcano Erotica show is a star. Like, <laughs> it, 500 feet away when I'm eating a fucking shitty steak that I paid $25 for, right? It doesn't matter which glittery tits are up there. Like, fuck you. Right. Gina Gershon's a star up there. And that was a cool scene I liked, right? Is that that just because she had been there long enough, she had survived these fucking war. Like, in this movie, over, like, five months, we see, like, three people get crippled. You're like, right. good Lord, this must be a horrifying career path. So you know she's tough. You know she's made it. I mean, yeah, she's great at it or whatever. But, like, what we see is she goes down and they're immediately, like, yeah, we'll fucking try this no-name almost murderer. And immediately, this was a good scene. They cut back to the speech. Uh, she is everything that exemplifies Vegas, right? She's beauty. And it's dialogue-wise the exact same fucking scene. It almost yes. has a Twilight Zone vibe, right? Uh, she became exactly what she tried to destroy. The Gina Gershon was not really a star. Really did not matter. And the more important thing, it showed you she really is what Vegas is, right? It's all this surface glitz and glam with this fucking hollow, horrible, dark innard, right? And, yes. it, and that part is kind of cool. I, it's just there's a really weird hatred for Elizabeth Berkeley in this movie. And it kind of sucks because this is the other thing. The scene with her and Gina Gershon is the exact same thing, right? So they have this weird sexual tension slash rival slash mentor thing, right? Right. One of the scenes I thought was cool. So they're having their dinner, and it's like the one of the least favorite things I ever hear in a movie. You're exactly like me. I'm nothing like you. Every time that happens in a movie to me, that's bad writing. I hate that shit. Right. They go to the stage, and she's like, let's dance. And you're like, all right, they're going to have a fucking dance off, a bro down. They'll gain mutual respect through the, the universal arts of moving our bodies to music, right? Like this will be, be a moment of true art. And they start dancing. Gina Gershon pulls her tits out. Goes in for the kiss. Stops and says, you are a whore. And Elizabeth Berkeley says, fuck you and runs away. The movie is telling us to not respect Nomi. Right. It's fucking insanity to make the movie about sex workers that fucking hates sex workers it's fucking crazy that they do not care at all that this lady has one moment of fucking growth at the end i guess she leaves the teddy bear and karate some guy she gives him the old one two mcgruber gives the lady a teddy bear kisses the woman she almost murdered and yeah. Maybe is about to kill that hitchhiker with the switchblade. I mean, like she—that's the thing. Like they try to rationalize. Like the movie tries to rationalize all these things she does. Is like, well, finally, Nomi got hers. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. Like there is just like, 
and it happens a lot throughout the movie is like there's this like really rapid rationalization and i think it's because the movie is so long like again for what it is it should be like so i don't long. know 80 minutes and like oh absolutely <laughs> like and that's even i think stretching the content considerably but like <laughs> Just 80 minutes of whatever the fuck that was in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> she looked like in X-Men 1 when the senator walked on shore and started melting into a blob. Oh, my God. What the fuck is this movie? Like, I, it's baffling, to it's, say the least. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. It Look. At we got to do day, a couple more lines, though. There are a couple good lines, right? I like the... Uh, when they're like, what did that Japanese businessman say in the strip club? And the Japanese businessman's insight was, in America, every man's a gynecologist. <laughs> <laughs> what a line. What a stupid fucking line. Also, I forgot the movie implies that uh, Nomi must have given Al a blowjob. Yes. If you want to make it past the, the week. It's just like something they kind of gloss over quickly. Uh, again, showing hatred and disdain for her. Um What's the other line? Oh, yeah. I love the the drill sergeant. I'm a prick. Yeah. I run the show. Right? And he goes, uh, I like when he goes, uh, hey, look at these watermelons. And he goes, this is a stage, not a patch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy, the like drill sergeant guy is going down the line telling all the women, like, what are these watermelons? This is a stage, babe, not a patch. See ya. Get out of here. Get yeah, out of here. Get out of here. And he's like, classes, classes. He's like. His hate about classes. Get out of here. He, he's mad at the one for book learning. Yeah. I like when he dismisses all of it. He goes, you wasted your time and ours. Beat it. I was like, this guy's killing it. The line when uh, the the assistant, the thrust, 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 the ginger guy. Right. Goes, oh, she's got it. And the fucking drill sergeant prick goes, oh, she's got it. And it can't be learned in any classroom. So the question is. Where did she learn it? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? What does that are mean? you talking? What about? are you talking about? <laughs> it was such a weird I, observation. I just, I'm like, oh my god, it was such a weird observation. So I was insane. just like, what is this? That was one of those things. That was actually one of those moments in the movie. Where I was like, oh, is this the Law and Order episode of the part of the movie now? Like that was like, like sweet. We got a sweet Jerry Orbach like zinger at the end before. <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah. Or when Kyle McLaughlin is fake yelling at the guy that tried to boat show Nomi. <laughs> because I can't remember what he says. He, oh yeah, you're gonna jump to your conclusion, and without your golden without parachute. Your golden parachute. <laughs> yeah, as if that wasn't a red flag. That, hey, I don't think this guy's on the up and up. <laughs> It's it, uh, it's so fucking weird, dude. It's, it's so weird. The movie is just weird. Like, that's all it is. Like, the movie is a weird movie, and the fact that it was made is pretty impressive. It's it's a movie about the struggle. It, it It's weird because this is also kind of the, the inversion of a knight's tale, right? <laughs> this is the down-and-out orphan who's trying to change her stars. Uh, if... Imagine a Knight's Tale if Will just, like, fucking slit the throat of all of his friends every other scene to, like, steal, like, a piece of gold. 
Right. That's this is a movie about the struggle of a woman who had a hard life who uses her body to make ends meet and oftentimes has to weaponize her own sexuality, right? Good and bad. Fine. However you look at that. Um made by people who clearly have no respect for being a sex worker who yes. seem to hate sex hate workers. Sex workers. Hate it them. is yeah, it's it's fucking insane to me that this movie ever came together in that way. And again, it's... I know everyone makes fun of Elizabeth Berkley because her performance comes out uneven. It is Spinal Tap 11 and then Joaquin Phoenix manically laughing, right? Like those are the two ends of the spectrum for her. And there is almost no in between. But I think she went for it all the fucking way i think she went and i think it's fucking it's brave to be jesse from saved by the bell and be like yeah i'll do full frontal i'll i'll uh take old kyle over here and we'll fucking crust his pants from front and back while gina gershon watch and i mean it is fucking insanity that she decided to do this but she decided to do it and she fucking went for it and i'm telling you if you put a capable woman writing or directing this movie even just one position a writer who understands that struggle and what it's like to have these fucking powerful forces encouraging you to use your body and what that take like just you know some fucking perspective and lens that merits making this movie maybe a director who doesn't outwardly spend every scene showing us we should hate nomi and not respect her as a human being I don't know what happens to this movie. Is it more middling? Is it not the fucking horrific <laughs> pocket knife brutality that we've come to fucking be fascinated by? I don't know. But I know it would be better. Maybe not as wild a watch, but it would probably be better. <laughs> it's something. That's for sure. It is something. And I think that's that, your summation. It's something. It's something, man. I really like, I don't know how, like, the summation I have for Showgirls is if you have not seen this movie, hey, why are you listening to the podcast right now? Like, pause this and go watch the movie. But, like, <laughs> it's just something to behold. You have to watch this movie and yeah. marvel at the fact that you get through two hours and 15 minutes of movie that roughly says nothing other than, like, boy, all the people in this movie fucking suck, right? All right, that's the end. Bye. Like, that's literally the... <laughs> and none of them learned a thing. Because <laughs> Nomi yeah. maybe did for a minute, and then she's going to kill a guy with a pocket she's gonna knife. going to murder that guy with a pocket as knife. As we cut to black. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. I don't know. Yeah, that's how I describe it. it. We've all had that dingy strip club experience where you're like, wow. Like, the one we used to go to in college, right? Joker's Wild. Yep. Just a fucking threadbare Union Jack uh, thong bullet hole wounds scars everywhere this old lady had like her body was just a road map of tragedy but she was there start she tried same thing she she gave it her all and that's where we would hang out instead of the clubs that you know were a little more upbeat yep. because you're like this feels this feels unsafe and like real life and that <laughs> perhaps is the best thing i can say about showgirls <laughs> i again i think 
I think it's a movie that is unpredictable and thus impossible to take your eyes off because almost no movies are unpredictable. Definitely impossible to take your eyes off. It is insanely uh, watchable, man. All right, guys, that's it for Showgirls. Keith Williams, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, No, actually, thank you, Keith. I love Keith. He's a great guy. Uh, Thank you for giving us the springboard into this conversation. Yeah, I had a great time talking about Showgirls. Way better than watching it. Uh, Great pick. All right, guys, we've still got more stockings to stuff. Up next, oh, God. (laughs) No, not us screaming about Showgirls. The actual movie, oh, God, where you take a country singer. Uh, But, yeah, John Denver meets God is played by George Burns. Oh, God, our next stocking stuffer. We've got some really good ones coming up. Me and Alex are going to be busting ash trying to get through as many as we can to finish this year strong. Thank you guys for everything. Please take a second to leave a rating and review wherever you find the show, especially Apple Podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Find us on all your social media. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Go to manscaped.com to buy your friends and family the accoutrement they need. Uh, for that wild flailing dolphin pool sex use code film at checkout so they know that we sent you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping uh we'll be back to stuff you're stocking soon bye